0: Welcome, everyone, to The Way It Is. I am your host, Luca Andolfato, with Remax Service First Realty. And uh, this is actually the recording of episode 20, even though it's actually going to air in the, the 19th spot. And the reason is I am... I know I always say I'm thrilled and delighted, but I am super excited and super proud today. And what a great way to mark the 20th 19th episode. Uh, I'm going to welcome my daughter, Michaela Henderson, Who is a registered dietitian? And by the way, happy uh, belated registered dietitian day. That was yesterday, right? And um, she is uh, living and working in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. So thanks for being here, Michaela.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Now, I know everyone that's going to watch the podcast is going to say, who do you look more like? But maybe they'll do that a quiz uh, later on for a post or something like that, get some more traffic. So so I'll give you a bit of background uh, on Michaela. And uh, so she is, as I said, a registered dietitian. She did her uh, undergrad education in uh, Antigonish, Nova Scotia, at St. Francis Xavier University, where she got her human nutrition degree, followed by a human kinetics degree and uh, then uh, got her International Olympics Committee diploma in sports nutrition. And so, yeah, she is certainly more than qualified. And uh, I know she always uh, gives dad tips when uh, when dad bugs her about it and stuff. <laughs> so Michaela, I guess um, I do this podcast thing pretty casually and pretty informally. And uh, with you being here, it's even more so. But um One of the reasons I wanted to have you on, as I told you before, is March is nutrition month. So where did that come from? How did that happen?
1: Yeah, so I don't know the origins of exactly why March is the month, um, but there is a few reasons uh, or I guess a few ways that Nutrition Month came to be. It actually started over 30 years ago, um, which is pretty crazy because I feel like I never really heard about it until getting into the nutrition field um, or in in school. Um, But it really, the whole idea was to bring more public awareness to the profession of dietetics, health healthy eating and and to really promote that dietitians are the most qualified um, source of information or the most trusted source of information. Um, So it did start back, um, they used to have little nutrition weeks in different provinces um, in the 70s. And then in the 80s, they started a national nutrition week um, led by what is now called Dietitians of Canada. So Dietitians of Canada is a a big uh, membership based society that really advocates for, um, you know, moving the role of dietetics forward. Um, So now, at this point, as of um, the 90s, it's now a full month. um, And even I was doing some research today to see what. nutrition month theme was in 1994 when I was born, <laughs> and uh, the theme was nourishing our children's future. So kind of interesting.
0: Yeah,
1: month this year is good for you. Dietitians help you find your healthy. So really focusing on how healthy eating looks very differently for everyone, um, depending on your health, uh, access to food, your culture, your traditions, heritage, um, and how as dietitians, we we have, you know, the most trusted information and we can help you navigate, you know, finding your healthy, um, individually. And, and that might look different for, for
0: each person. Right. And exactly. So, I mean, I think because, you know, we all have, or are familiar with the Canada food guide, right. In terms of that graph with that breaks out your different, uh, food groups and you should have X number of grams or whatever percentage of each, each day. Um, but uh, you just touched on it. Um, it's not a one catch all, catch all template, right? It's, it's very individualistic.
1: Yeah. I think, um, what's nice is that nutrition is really moving more towards less of a, I guess, a cut and dry or one size fits all approach into more of an individualized, um, holistic approach, which I think is really important. Um, Even with the shift to our new food guide, which came out in, um, I guess it was like end of 2019 or early, yeah, it must have been end of 2019, we got our new food guide. Um, So our food guide is now a plate and more looking at, you know, incorporating fruits and vegetables instead of a prescriptive, we need X amount of servings per day. Um, And also incorporating, you know, more social implications of food, you know, encouraging people to eat uh, with others. Cook your own food at home, um, incorporate more cultural and traditional foods. um, Because we do have to recognize that, you know, Canada is quite diverse. And um, it's really important to incorporate all those cultural and and traditional foods. So yeah.
0: Well, and uh, I'll go down that little side road just for a second because, uh, you know, I grew up, well, you grew up eating the Italian that I knew, and I grew up eating the Italian that I knew. Um, And You know, I have to think, even though, you know, my mom did primarily all the cooking and certainly didn't have a food guide, I would have to say, thinking back, there was very few food items that were unhealthy or that I would classify as unhealthy. Do you find that with, culturally speaking, that a lot of the ethnicities and and different cultures that you see in the country primarily have a healthy food-based diet?
1: Yeah, I think um, when we eat a lot more of our cultural and traditional foods, you know, for us being more, you know, that Italian um, heritage, we, I think the biggest thing is that we have to get cooking and we do have to cook a lot of these things from scratch. So we're really avoiding a lot of processed and packaged foods. And we're actually, you know, making our own food and that, you know, instantly is going to make it a bit better for us. So, and generally a lot of our, our cultural foods do incorporate lots of, you know, fruits and vegetables and whole grains through maybe whether it's pastas or rice. um, And, and of course, different protein sources, whether they're meat or plant-based. So I think, yeah, in general, it is all really great food to eat, getting in touch with your, with your culture. And, and, also, cooking those cultural foods, getting more in touch, that's going to improve your relationship with food. It's going to encourage you to cook more um, and just kind of get you in the kitchen, getting you making better food choices, thinking about you know, what you're eating. So I think then it extends beyond just sort of you know that meal being healthy. It, it, it extends beyond and, and kind of influences other choices that you may make or even your perception and relationship with food.
0: Well, and you know what? Again, you just touched on something that I think has probably been a a shift in the mindset towards food and nutrition. Um, We'll get to the pandemic in a minute. (laughs) That's the first time that I haven't started with it because it obviously dominates everything, but um, people's relationship to and with food. And I think, obviously, I think the pandemic has exacerbated that in terms of highlighting the importance of a relationship with food. But we've seen the proliferation of all these uh, food delivery services, right? The HelloFreshes, the, I mean, I can't even name all of them that are out there now. So obviously that speaks to the fact that it's a a bit of a mind shift now in terms of food wasn't just there to fill a gap, now it's something else, right? Uh,
1: And I I think um, it's important that, especially in our, you know, diet culture um, and society today, you know, Our relationship with food can be quite positive, whether it's us kind of being excited about getting in the kitchen and maybe using a a food delivery service or subscription to actually get us there. Um, Or, you know, for some people, it could actually be negative in terms of maybe food insecurity is an issue or maybe um, disordered eating patterns are present. And we have some of those really negative, fearful relationships with food. Um, And, you know, again, getting into the COVID thing. I think that might have exacerbated some of the the negative relationships. Um, But for some people, you know, food has become a bit of a coping mechanism and a way to, you know, reconnect, whether it's, you know, even you and I have had the conversation over COVID, um, not being able to get home for a lot of things and being able to still connect with family just by cooking a meal here. Right. Um, And so that it can be quite powerful, you know, even though it might not seem like it's really related to health. um, We have to think of health beyond just, you know, food as fuel and just take that holistic view um, of health and, and how food can influence all of those different areas.
0: So, the pandemic. Obviously, you know, you worked at a clinic uh, where you had intake and 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 people that would come to see you for programs. Uh, you also do sports nutrition for one of the universities there uh, for their their teams. Um, I guess the first point is how have you seen uh, you know from the start of the pandemic a year through it now. You, you, the East Coast, for, you guys have been fortunate. You handled the pandemic probably. Better than you're an example to not only the country, but a lot of the world in terms of how it should have been dealt with. But what's your experience with those, how the pandemic affected people's eating habits, choices, uh, you know, and you touched on with both, uh, uh, you know, bad relationships with food and good relationships with food.
1: Yeah, uh, I think there's been a lot of change um, with everyone now being home. Um, for those that are fortunate to not have been maybe laid off or etc. cetera. Um, for some people I'm finding now, you know, people are now being more comfortable to come out. And like you said, in, in Nova Scotia, we are quite fortunate with our, our current COVID situation. Um, so people are now kind of feeling a bit more comfortable to start to seek you know, their, their usual service. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of people where they got put in their home setting and all that, maybe those good habits that they had around food prep, um, or maybe meal prep, getting some lunches ready for maybe whether it's the next day or the week, because they were home, that kind of all fell off, and that e- either led to maybe some overeating because the fridge is right there, and you're working at your kitchen table, um, or even some undereating, or kind of actually having to lean more towards takeout and what have you, um, because oh well, I'm home, so I'm going to be able to you know just cook dinner every night, but your work gets crazy, people have a hard time disassociating from work when they are working from home, you know, maybe working later into the night and then, oh, missed dinner, don't have, you know, don't want to have to prep it now um, and then have to kind of reach for that takeout or something like that. So I think we've kind of seen a shift of, Being home made people kind of drop some of those really healthy habits that they had um, and just trying to adjust to how do I manage my eating when I'm not actually going to the work and I don't have to pack a lunch? How do I manage that at home um, in many different ways has has been a common theme (laughs) among many.
0: So, um, you know, and we all know also too, physical exercise or some form of exercise is important to, I guess, a holistic all around health healthy lifestyle but you know a lot of people aren't active or not as active as others i guess that highlights the importance then even more so of a healthy nutritional diet right so how are how how can people uh compensate for a lack of physical activity or exercise through nutrition
1: yeah i think you know the biggest thing we want to try to make sure we are um you know, eating within our needs, um, and making sure that we do try to get some form of exercise, not for, you know, weight, even just for overall health. Like you mentioned, you know, exercise is really important for all of our health, including our mental health. And especially with how we're home all the time and going through this stressful situation, exercise becomes even more, um, important. Um, but a couple things that we can do, you know, obviously, Seek out the help of a dietitian if you can, if that's uh, within your um, means right now. Uh, Also, a lot of insurance providers do cover dietitian services. So something to look into um, through your work. Um, And really nice is a lot of dietitians are working virtually right now. um, So COVID-wise, no issues there. Um, If seeing a dietitian right now isn't something that is going to fit in. Um, We can even just take a first step in the direction of looking at that new Canada's food guide plate. So, you know, the plate is broken down down into a quarter protein, a quarter whole grains and half fruits and or veg. Um, So even just taking a look at that, taking a peek at what your meals are looking like, Maybe we could add some more vegetables. Maybe we could choose whole whole grain foods more often. You know, swapping out the white bread or white pasta for a whole grain option or a whole wheat option um, would be a couple of really great steps in the right direction. Um, And then listening to your body. So, your body really does give some really great cues on when we're hungry, when we're maybe not so hungry, um, what we might need in that instance, whether it's dealing with some stress or dealing with some anxiety um, or you know, celebrating at home and figuring out this new way of doing, you know, birthdays and that type of thing. But listening to your body, it gives a lot of great natural cues. So focusing in on that um, is also going to be going to be great and setting some health related outcomes that aren't weight focused. So a lot of people come in really focused on their weight, you know, maybe over this past year, weight did creep up a little bit. Um, and one thing we do want to focus on is, you know, let's get you healthy and feeling better. What are some goals that can, we can focus on that aren't just weight loss or that number, you know, what, what's going to be better when we're, you know, that little bit lighter? are we going to be able to get up off the couch more easily, have less pain when we're moving around, you know, pick up the grandkids, et cetera. So what are some other health-related outcomes that we can focus on? Um, and then, you know, the weight loss will come, you know, as it does and as uh, we make adjustments or you make adjustments to to move forward.
0: Well, you're, you're, you know, again, you raise some really good points there because I think, you know, the perception is that to eat healthy and to be you know get all your nutritional components uh is overwhelming for a lot of people and daunting you know that they'd have to spend you know uh, an hour in in the grocery store tr- going down every aisle trying to find these specific items or that has x you know grams of whatever you need or the proteins or the whatever um and then you know you tie into that food insecurity which you touched on you know because let's face it there are a lot of uh, families sadly in the world in Canada I'm sure in Halifax, I know in Kingston that, that um, suffer food insecurity. And so they can't get uh, everything. So I guess from a, uh, from a, from your perspective as a dietitian and nutritionist, you know, the the ideal world, the the ideal scenario is yes, always try to have X, but I guess what are the defaults or what are the sort of the, the options that are available to people like that are in those positions?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the best that we can do is just you know, figuring out what's within our, our means. Um, if we can get veggies in, in any form, you know, fruits and vegetables, canned, frozen, fresh, you know, that works. It doesn't have to be, you know, very expensive, fresh produce, um you know, but trying to make sure we're a bit of a cliche, but eating the rainbow, if we can, whether that's canned products or, you know, frozen, that, that is all, all good. Um, again, those whole grain options or whole wheat options, um, like rice, really nice option. Um, if we're thinking budget friendly, um, and maybe leaning more towards some plant-based protein options as well, you know, chickpeas, beans, lentils, um, those are really economical in the grocery store. Um, so that's also a really, a really great option using our canned tuna, canned salmon, all of that stuff. Um, you know, sometimes those things can get a bit of a bad rap because, you know, it's canned and it's not, I don't know, all these crazy social media terms out there, mm-hmm. um, but it's all good. Like it's all fresh products that was just put in a can to last longer. Right. right. So, so no issue, no issue for reaching for those. So
0: that wouldn't constitute processed right in that regard, as far as like, you know, if you're buying, I mean, everybody, uh, I mean, I think the biggest, uh, the worst culprit i guess is the sort of packaged meats if you will like the sliced hams and the sliced roast beefs and things like that but a canned veggies and canned tuna wouldn't be in that classification would they uh,
1: no technically it is processed like all of our food is you know
0: processed yeah. well, it, it comes um, from a farm and gets shipped to us yeah it's going to be processed in some form yeah
1: exactly. but yeah no any of our canned um Our canned products are are all good, you know, thinking about the veggies, even canned meats. We might want to watch out for the sodium, maybe depending on um, if we have a certain health condition, maybe we're living with high blood pressure or um, heart disease, we might want to watch out for that. But we can also just give them a rinse, you know, open the can, rinse all that kind of Salt off, and and that makes it a really a nice option. If we're doing the canned fruit, maybe we look for packed in water versus packed in juice or syrup. Um, again, just reducing some added sugar content there. Um, but otherwise, all those fruits and vegetables are you know they're picked at their peak freshness, they're cut up, and just put in a in a preservative brine to to keep well, right? So that's uh, so no issue there. Same with frozen picked at its peak freshness, and then just flash frozen and put into uh, into the bag. So so no concerns with any of those. Um, in terms of like the deli meat and stuff, um, that actually can even get a little bit pricey if we're thinking um, budget conscious. And the biggest thing there is, you know, some of the nitrates that we might have heard of over the past uh, couple of years. But if we're thinking of, you know, our canned um, fish options, we, we wouldn't have any any issue there.
0: So, yeah. Good um so you you mentioned it earlier uh, and I, I shelled it for for uh, later to ask but you know you said the body gives you cues in terms of you know how you're responding to food I guess or when you're hungry when you're not hungry I know I am probably the worst offender, but cravings when you get you know and I'm my guilty indulgences or haagen ice cream or a row of Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cookies or something like that. Where where do those create? Where do those cravings come from? Is that the body being deficient in something? What what's happening there?
1: Yeah, well, a lot of the time, you know, we might just be hungry, and that's just a food that we enjoy, and so we we will then crave it. Um, a lot of times we're bored, thinking of you know maybe we're typically getting these cravings when we're watching our shows at night or scrolling through our phone right that uh those are typically just boredom right our brain is just kind of trying to find something to do um so that's kind of the only really real evidence we have we don't really have a ton of evidence for for where cravings come from there is some things looking at you know if you're craving things that might be iron rich maybe you're a bit iron deficient um i'm not totally up on the research there
0: (laughs) that's okay no no but what so what is I mean, apart from sheer willpower, what, what are, what are. What do you do, I guess? I mean, I know the, everybody says, oh, grab a thing of celery sticks or whatever and stuff. Well, that certainly doesn't taste as good as chocolate Haakendah's ice cream.
1: Right? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is trying to recognize if you're actually hungry or if you are just bored, right? So if, which is really hard to do and does take a lot of practice. So maybe thinking, you know, taking a couple minutes to just reflect on, oh, yeah, it does seem like I'm usually getting this craving, you know, maybe around nine o'clock, once. I've had a show on for a little bit. Maybe I'm not actually hungry. Maybe we didn't eat a really big dinner. And at that point, yeah, let's have a snack. You know, I think um, the biggest thing is recognizing that it's okay to have a snack at night or, you know, when we're watching our show, et cetera. Do we want it to be a tub of Haagen-Dazs ice cream every night? Probably not. <laughs> um, but, you know, if we did, you know, some a couple scoops, you know, a couple nights a week, that's not going to be the end of the world. And maybe we keep some other options in our fridge, like some yogurts or something, fruits that might be on the sweeter side, if that's sort of what we usually crave. Um, and then that way, you know, we're uh, still getting some extra nutrients in there as well. Um, you can always try, you know, having a glass of water with your snack. So maybe you're just a little bit thirsty. So you're having your snack, you're also rehydrating, um, and that might help, uh, help some of the cravings, um, making sure we're not mindlessly eating, you know, great if we want to watch a show and have a snack. Um, but if it becomes an issue where then, you know, oh, the whole bag of chips is gone and I didn't realize, you know, maybe we should just throw our portion into a bowl instead of bringing the whole bag over. Um, so that way we're not just kind of mindlessly not actually enjoying or, or savoring, um, the food that we're, that
0: yeah, good point. Good point. Um, and, and so, what about this? Um, you know, I know because I always used to be careful and stuff, but you know, they always say don't eat after a certain hour in the evening. So, if you're hungry and all of a sudden, and I know I've done it, I'll go up and make myself a sandwich at 10 o'clock at night and then fall asleep summarily right after on the couch at ten thirty. But is that, is that, Add calories? Does that add weight? Is, it, is that a bad thing? A good? What is that?
1: Good question. Um, so really, like, if we eat the sandwich at 10 a.m. or 10 p.m., there's not going to be much difference, right? Our body's just going to process the food, might process a lot more slowly when we're asleep because we're not as active. Our body's not doing as much. Um, for some people, they just can't fall asleep on a full stomach. So eating too close to you know bedtime isn't going to be great for them. They're just not going to feel good. or are not going to fall asleep as easily. If you struggle with reflux, um, that laying down kind of doesn't allow gravity to do its work. So then that might bother you having, you know, had a meal or had a snack within 30 to 60 minutes of, of then becoming horizontal because gravity can't uh, help you out in that regard. Um, But otherwise, you know, no worries. If you're hungry and you got to eat, grab your sandwich, that's all good. Doesn't, uh, doesn't make any difference um, over, over the course. We're not going to gain or lose any more weight if we're eating at night or not.
0: Um, the idea of, uh, fast food, of course, you know, where our society is, it's, uh, it's it's ubiquitous with our society, right? I mean, uh, from everything from A to Z, um, I'm guessing, you know, I'm not even, I'm guessing, I'm pretty certain, right? Those foods are packed with uh, nitrates and things that probably aren't the best for you and so to continually have that kind of thing is is probably not a good t- a food option right? so
1: yeah the fast food you know thinking of traditional fast food being like burger and fries or like chicken nuggets or something um you know lots of things in there you know yeah we might be getting some protein from like our burger patty and stuff which is good um but Generally, we are getting some more empty calories, if you will. So we're just getting a ton of calories from a lot of fried fat, um, which isn't necessarily the best option, right? We're also getting lots of sodium. If we're getting like a pop or a iced tea or something, then we're getting a lot of extra sugar in there um, and nothing really else in return. Um, so that's definitely not the best option that we want to lean towards. In some cases, it's kind of our only option. Now, I know a lot of us aren't doing a lot of road trips or anything right now. So that, you know, might not be so much the case. Um, But uh, yeah, trying to avoid that, trying to cook at home or maybe reaching for like a sandwich fast food option instead, if that's kind of a way that we have to go where now we have so many kind of quick, um, even, you know, like noodle places and and, and different things like that. That might uh, be a better option than kind of the traditional chicken nuggets and, and fries
0: with a with a coke yeah i know well i feel guilty because i know you and your brother had a lot of chicken nuggets when we were doing from soccer to hockey or whatever and stuff. So. Um, but no you have we have the freshies now right where you can go get a, a salad bowl and and there's even those uh, i mean the burrito places i mean you know granted it's a it's a basically a wrap shoved with beans right and then some kind of protein right so it can't be
1: Great. Those burrito options are great. Even like our shawarma options now. I don't know as much if that's as big of a thing um, in Kingston these days, but in Halifax, we've got quite a few shawarma places around, you know, a shawarma wrap can be a really good option as well. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, you know what? I mean, I could, well, we could do this for the whole afternoon, but uh, people would probably stop listening after a while, but um, so Sort of the, wrapping up a little bit here now, what what would be – so if someone said, well, I'm going to ask you now. So you what would you say to any audience out there, anybody out there who's, you know, listen to this now thinking, oh, well, yeah, I do do that or I've got this or what can I – What are sort of just some basic fundamentals someone can take away to say, hey, listen, I want to start eating a better, more nutritional diet that's not going to make me crazy, not going to break my budget, not going to make me have to go to five different grocery stores to find my ingredients and that kind of stuff? Just
1: Yeah, Um, I think figure out the foods that you really enjoy um, and be open to trying some new foods. So ideally if we could get, you know, a fruit or a vegetable with each meal, that would be great. Right. So maybe figuring out a couple of fruits and veggies you really like, maybe try a couple new ones when you're at the store, um, to get a bit of a variety, try to get a protein source with each meal, right. Whether that's plant-based or not um either works and then when we are choosing our grain products let's choose a whole grain if we can so that's like our rice our quinoa our whole wheat bread whole wheat pasta um if we can choose whole grain make that choice yeah i okay. think this would be kind of some really you know basic let's try to get our three meals a day try to get our fruits and veggies in there um choose our protein source. And, and I think be adventurous because, uh, you know, sometimes we have this vision of, okay, if I want to be healthy, that means what everyone on Instagram is eating is just like chicken and broccoli and rice. And it's pretty in this like little takeout box and, you know, and that isn't healthy for everyone, right? That's not what health might look like for everyone. I know for me, definitely that is not something that i would enjoy doing all the time um so making sure that you find something that works for you that's a nice variety um and again aiming for those fruits and veggies in there a protein source and then whole grain when when we have the option
0: very good great mikaela and so um and unfortunately i can't even be the the the, the parent that tries to funnel business to my daughter because she's only registered to practice in the province of Nova Scotia. So she can't, she couldn't, can, uh, she can't, <laughs> not to say that you couldn't reach out to her and, and she'd offer some consul- consultation or a, a free consultation. But uh, um, no, I, I thank you so much for, uh, for being part of this. I am, uh, I, uh, it was great. Uh, I really appreciate it. And um, you've actually even opened my eyes and uh, uh, to some things that I wasn't aware of. And I think our, our listeners um, probably did the same. So, um, thank you. And, uh, we'll, well, I'll talk to you later on whenever. So,
1: yeah. And, uh, just if there is, if you are looking for any nutrition advice, you know, and you're on social media, Try to be smart about who you follow. Try to follow dietitians um, because there is a lot of crazy stuff out there. And you can feel free to follow me at our journey through food on Instagram if if you would like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's great. All right, honey. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you. Okay,
0: love you. Bye. Bye.